0: wasn't fully comprehensive of all the things that we could have talked about. But we wanted to introduce students, we wanted to introduce people in your generation to some tools to navigating the application of the Bible to the real needs of our culture. And sometimes we like are too like, bifurcated, you know what I mean? We separate our lives too much. There's our spiritual life and then there's everything else. And that is not how Christianity is meant to be lived. Did anyone get a chance to go to our session? A few of you? Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. I knew a message there. No, Hey, by the way, with Andy his love and all of his high fives and fist bumps, he's at home tonight with our kids. This is the time of the year where my in-laws like to fly south through winter. And, um, we don't have as much... Uh, Wednesday night, child care help. so I'm here this week and you'll probably be here next week, um, but we all love you fully. If you didn't get a chance to attend our session last the weekend at SALT, just wait for the recordings of the SALT sessions to come out and you'll be able to listen to it. But in our, our session, we challenge students to engage in three different ways. One, to engage your theology, two, to engage your mentality, and three, to engage your community, okay? All of these things are important for Christians. And tonight, we're taking a step forward in engaging our theology and our mentality. We're going to look at that big question, is your God racist? And then we're going to evaluate the correlation between our biblical mother Eve and the more than 11,000 ethno-linguistic people groups across the globe. What's the connection? Is there one? First, let's pray. Oh, Lord, there's a lot going on, even on the Wright State campus today. Many of us are feeling it. There's a lot going on in our culture right now, and many of us are feeling it. On a daily basis, God, we're going to navigate some very difficult, interesting questions. And we're eager to know what your word says. Lord, if your word is the supreme authority for the life of a believer, God, Would you show us how to use it, how to understand it tonight? We trust you, Lord, put our hope for all things in your name. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we're going to start off talking about evolutionary science. So most most science is presented to you from a secular worldview. You guys know that. You're in science classes all across the campus, you were raised in Um, science classes, in order to get to college you have to accomplish those. But the premise is that God is not creator and what a human can see or observe is the basis for all understanding, from a human perspective, right? However, as Christians, we believe that the Bible is the ultimate truth. So, if then, right, if the Bible is the ultimate truth, then we should expect science to support the truths that are in it. I don't know if you've ever thought that way. How yes. does science validate or support what I read in my Bible? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I, I, mean, I totally have your bring this in. She made the peace with like high oh honors. <laughs> have said that there are different races that have evolved from different geographical regions. And that premise leads to the idea of racism. Sure. That certain geographically based people groups have evolved faster than others. And therefore that informs their ability to perform, they, and all kinds of things. Claims of races having different intelligence were used to justify plural acts <laughs> of history, like colonialism, slavery, obviously racism, social Darwinism, which is the application of the evolutionary concept of natural selection to human society. And then it's also been used to justify racial eugenics, the set of beliefs and practices that aim at improving genetic quality of a human population by excluding um, through a variety of morally criticized means certain genetic groups judged to be less desirable, and promoting other genetic groups to be superior. Evolutionary science, from this standpoint of where do people come from, where am I from, leads to this thought that where some people are from is better than others. And And we should, by natural selection, support those who are from the right places, and get rid of those who are from the wrong places. Did you guys read and study about World War II? Yes. Have you guys lived in America at all? all? Yeah, yeah. Right. Even if we're not talking about these ideologies here, so present <coughs> racial thinkers such as Arthur de Gavinieu relied crucially on the assumption that black people were innately inferior to whites in developing their ideologies for white supremacy. Even Enlightenment thinkers such as Thomas Jefferson, who was a slave owner, believed blacks to be innately inferior to whites in physique and intellect. These are names that you've probably heard before, including names as Voltaire, David Hume, Immanuel Kant, and Carl Linnaeus. They proposed that the existence of different mental, mental abilities were present among the races. Even things like brain size and structure, they are all, all these scientists have said, because of these differences, then some are better than others, some are smarter than others. And I thought, surely, by the time that my parents were born, by the time we put a man on the moon, we weren't thinking like this anymore, right? But the more research I did, the more I found that even in modern social sciences, a man named William Shockley, Who was a Nobel laureate in physics and a professor at Stanford was evaluating the um, kind of like the the boom in population in Africa. And many social scientists were saying, we should provide education. If we provide education, then the economy in these countries will be able to handle the population or understand how to control the population growth rate better. And he said, no. I believe that those social structures actually, let me get this right, because he said it horribly, (laughs) caused genetic deterioration, evolution in reverse. He claimed social support systems designed to help the disadvantaged had a regressive effect. And he went on to say that, uh, talk of genetic enslavement, and he um, discouraged improved education and suggested instead sterilization and birth control. the following ten years he continued to argue in favor of this position, claiming it not to be based on prejudice but on sound statistics. Basically, if you break it down, this guy said, they're not smart enough to be educated, we should just, you know, sterilize them. In 1965, and at that point I stopped looking to see how many of these examples were getting closer and closer to my lifetime because it hurt my heart so much to see the train of thought that many scientists were going down. And these are the trains of thoughts that are still informing our society today. And so I spoke at our breakout on the idea of worldview and filters. That each of us is from a different worldview. And with that worldview comes certain filters. We look at the world a certain way depending on where we were born, who raised us, and what our social experiences have been. But I'm here to tell you that Scripture says that when we come to Christ, we are a new creation. We become citizens of heaven, and therefore we are obligated as the of Christ to have a heavenly perspective. And so we are not starting with science and letting that tell us the value of the human. We're going to start with the Bible and let science know what human life is really doubting that, okay? So Biblical science, and the Biblical worldview says that all peoples are of one race, okay? You following me? This is a great night to take notes, by the way, I'm gonna give you a bunch of science stuff here in a minute, and it's all gonna fly in one ear and out the other while you write it down. So Biblical worldview says that all peoples are of one race, and that can be traced back to one of three sons of Noah, as they dispersed across the earth after the global flood. Ultimately, then, they trace their origins to the Garden of Eden. In Acts 17, verse 26, it says, from one man, or another translation says, from one blood, he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history. And he marked the boundaries of their lands. God created all mates from one person. Two people, if you want to be technical. Two JC is coming up in a couple weeks to explain to you how that happens. He also says that he marked out the appointed times of the people groups who inhabit the earth. God knew what each people group would be in existence. And it says that he marked out the territory of their lands, He knew where they would live. God did those things with intentionality and with a purpose. If God then did it intentionally, and we believe and we just saying a bunch that God is good, then we can trust that if God did that, then it is good. The Bible's claim that we are one blood, means that we're all one family. Even when you look across this room, there are a lot of people from different geographical regions, families from different descents. And what Scripture is saying is that we are all one family. We believe that spiritually, right? We say that all the time. With the body of Christ. With the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ. But genetically, genetically, we are one family. <coughs> Every person on this earth is a descendant of the first Adam. In 1 Corinthians 15:45, it says, "So it is written: The first man, Adam, became a living being." And he was created in the image of God. Even though the first Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, God sent Jesus Christ to be a second Adam. And because of his death on the cross, we can be saved from our sin and adopted into God's spiritual family. So according to the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, all humankind was made in God's image. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. All humankind, all mankind, whatever word you want to use there, it's all peoples everywhere. In the image of God. That means every human being is the image bearer of the Almighty God. You've heard me say this before, but I love that quote from C.S. Lewis that you have never met a mere mortal. You've never met someone who is just temporarily here. Every person from every background will live forever, either with God or apart from God. So, all came from one, and all share the same destiny, the same fall, for all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. All share the same hope in Jesus Christ. Because of the beautiful diversity in God's, in God's people, only a powerful God could bring them all into unity despite the effects of sin. There's no biblical precedent for racism, oppression, sexism, or supremacy. For all have sinned, and all have fallen short the glory of God. And all must be saved in the same way. It doesn't matter how good you do it, what does the Bible call our it beats? Filthy rags. No one can be seen even above one another based on our sin and our fallenness alone. But let's look at our DNA. Okay? Has anybody taken a DNA test? Those are like super popular right now. Only one person in the whole room. Okay. you have, you, have, you have, Did you figure out where your descendants or your ancestors? Sorry, not you descendants. your ancestors. Well... Anybody else? Where are your ancestors from? You Germany? In Ireland? Germany? All in here? Okay. Great. Okay. In Europe, you, can but... get <laughs> <laughs> you can get a anywhere. You get oh. get Yeah. Hey, can I get? No one? No, I'm pretty good, man. Amber? No. Amber? She's it. All right. Hey, guess what? We did a DNF DNA test for you guys. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not the problem. You guys want to the results? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Cool. you got it to come out with your mother's eye. Yeah, you can't just play that. She's probably here. Oh! <right. laughs> Pay attention. Yes. Blue high school when they talk to you about jeans. <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah. That, that happened in like, my I if we're not what not It's <laughs> <laughs> It's very close to a 100. 99.9% of the is the same across the entire globe. Woo! It's that little bit of percent that makes up all the differences that we see across the world. That little bit. Woo! The color of your skin, the color of your eyes, the shape of your eyes, the texture of your hair. It is made up of this much of a percent. You have miles and miles of DNA inside your body. Every cell has like three miles worth of it. When most people talk about DNA, they mean the long string of genetic material found in each cell's nucleus. Say nucleus. Yes. And it's known as nuclear DNA. This is, like I said, the DNA that defines our hair color, our eyes, other physical characteristics. And when you take those 23 and we tests, that's typically what it's evaluating. There are regions of the world where people, like people, have congregated and they continue to, you know, like fill the earth and multiply, right? And those characteristics have been intensified, because those people groups have continued to, you know, have descendants amongst each other. Trying not to get too juicy. So using combinations of four basic units, okay, focus, so we you didn't have class because of the strike. you need to focus, okay? So using combinations of four basic units called nucleotides, say (laughs) nucleotides, (laughs) nucleotides, (laughs) nucleotides, (laughs) DNA molecules can store all sorts of information. You guys understand what dots and dashes in Morse code are? Okay, in Morse code there are only three symbols. Dots, dashes, and spaces. Right? But from dots, dashes, and spaces, we can make... All 26 letters in the alphabet. And with those 26 letters in the alphabet, we can make up over 400,000 English words. But that just came from three things. So you have four nucleotides in the nucleus of every cell in your body. And from those four nucleotides, they build 20 amino acids. Okay. okay And from those 20 amino acids, they build over 100,000 proteins. Wow. So can you think of the genetic variations that can count from just four nucleotides. You follow me? All right. By arranging these um, these 20 amino acids or like the genetic alphabet, God designs the genetic language so that it can produce the proteins that all living things need, and humans alone have over 100,000 proteins. So here's the deal. The Bible teaches that there's only one race, the human race. But various groups of people can look very different. Let's talk about how that works, okay? According to the Bible, all of you, you, your neighbors, the guy who makes your coffee, all came from Adam and Eve we we'll just talked about that in Acts chapter 17. The number of humans dwindled to the eight who were spared on the giant ship we call Noah's Ark when God judged sinful humanity. So, I read that in Jewish tradition, Adam and Eve had 33 sons and 23 daughters Daughters. Daughters. 50, what is that? 56 children. Woo. <laughs> right? uh-huh. Okay.
1: So Eve were
0: created before the fall. Prior to the fall, they have no pathetic behavior. right? Their DNA is perfect. They start having children, they have 56 children. They live to be nearly a thousand years Okay? In that time, we see the progression and the population of the earth. Where did Cain's wife come from? He married his sister. Why was that not weird? Because their DNA did not have abnormalities in it yet. Okay? Why can you not marry your sister? Yes. (laughs) The abnormalities in your DNA combined with the abnormalities in your sibling's DNA would then multiply and then we would have genetic defects. Okay? So that's why they make rules against that now because now we are thousands of years past the fall. DNA is corrupt and it was broken because of sin and the curse. Scripture says that we are groaning for redemption. I am, right? Okay. So uh, the population continued to grow after Adam and Eve, but that scripture says that people became corrupt when they were not walking with God, and that all the inclinations of their heart were always evil all the time. God was like, it's not working, the way I expected it to, right? So God judged the earth was some global flood. And we'll talk about that another time. But there were eight people that were spared in the ark. Noah, his wife, their three sons, (laughs) (laughs) and the three sons' daughters, right? Eight people. Trying to do it backwards to you, right for me. Wives. Wives. Thank you. So there are three women that are on that boat who are probably still a child age, and that's going to be a short later. But from those eight people, we end up with so many different skin shades, and we think it's complicated, but it's probably simpler than you think. It just requires basic genetics, okay? So, skin shade is governed by multiple genes, and a quite complex, but for the sake of simplicity, assume for the moment that there are only two. Okay, A and B. Genes come in pairs of pairs, right? So then how many would there be? Mm-hmm. During reproduction, half of the genes are passed on to the offspring for each pair. So we're gonna imagine the code for melanin based on A and B. Now skin color is just more melanin or less melanin, right, depending on your genes. And so the brown-colored pigment in everybody's skin. Yeah. Okay. In very dark-skinned people, individuals carry. Okay. Let me back My chart is only going to make sense. Oh, okay, good. Already on. This chart is only going to make sense if you know that some genes are dominant and some are recessive. Woo! So if the letters are capital, if the letters are capital. They are dominant, okay? If they are lowercase, they are recessive, right? Okay. If you were to guess in between brown eyes and blue eyes, which one do you think is dominant, which one do you think is recessive? Brown eyes. Right. More people have brown eyes, less people have blue eyes. You have to have two recessive genes that have blue eyes. Miraculously, both my parents did, both Manny's parents did, we both do, and all three of our children have Woo! Passed, right? So exactly what it's like just I what neutral. <laughs> not, I think I can. Yeah, it's interesting. Awesome. Okay. It's so, if a male and female from each group make and produce a child, a combination of their AABB genes would give rise to a child. Okay, so... I was just going to explain the trick. So these are all the genetic combinations that are possible in skin color. Okay? So,
1: you have to have parents
0: with both dominant genes to have the darkest skin color. And you have to have two parents with both recessive genes that have the lightest skin color. In order To have all the combinations possible, you have to have dominant A, recessive A, dominant B, recessive B in your DNA. And from that combination, you have the possibility for all of these shapes. Inside one person, there could be the possibility for all these shapes. It would not be possible if you only had recessive genes. It would not be possible if you only had dominant genes, But if you have dominant recessive, dominant recessive, and your partner has dominant recessive, dominant recessive, you can build what is necessary for all the skin chains possible. Do you understand what that means? Yes. That means God, creator of heaven and earth, was probably smart enough to put the right genetic mapping in Adam and Eve. For all of the skin tones ever to be possible. So, I'm gonna read this cool quote again from a non creationist <coughs> that supports this. So, Andy and I have some recessive genes. <laughs> In the winter, it looks like I've only ever had recessive <laughs> You start putting on, like, a really pale makeup, girl, and you're like, it's still too dark. You know, you put on, you If If were both middle brown, dominant A, recessive A, dominant B, recessive B, it would produce children with a wide range of tones, suddenly all, all of us being from the same race is possible, and it's not so complicated. So that explains different skin tones, but then how different? How about different people groups? So I mentioned before that we have 11,000, and depending on how you categorize people, it's more. 11,000 ethnolinguistic people across the world. That means people categorized by culture and language. Well, I challenge you to read Genesis chapter 11 this week. Read the story of the Tower of Babel. Because from the beginning, God makes human kind in His image, and He gives them a command to fill the earth and multiply. Well, after the great flood, when Noah and his family were returned to dry land, they started to repopulate, and everybody wanted to stick together. They said, man, if we, if we, you know, continue in the same way, we're going to be forced to spread out across the earth, let's not do that. And God kind of like shows up and he goes, didn't you hear me? <laughs> so he's like, then let me help you. And you know what he does? He gives them all different languages. And so then the people who share the same language start finding each other. Because they're all speaking different languages. One guy's speaking French, the other guy's speaking Spanish, and they're like, all of a sudden, they don't understand each other. So you got to go find the other people that speak Spanish. You've got to go find the other people that speak French. Those are modern languages. I don't know the names of very many dead languages, so we work with Sanskrit. But my guess is, people who spoke those languages have similar genes. And they all congregated together. So... So we have time. It's 8.10. Can we blaze through my very interesting scientific side point? We're gonna blaze. Woo! Okay. So I read about this study about a normal Midwest white family. And they adopted two children from China. Okay? And they were approached for a scientific study and they said, hey, can we do a DNA test on your family? Okay, so the nuclear results, right? Nuclear DNA comes from the nucleus, right? Of DNA there. It said that the parents' descent was European. Everything, duh. Uh-huh. Okay, and the children's um, heritage was from Asia. Everything, say, duh. Duh. Uh-huh. Right? We knew that. But what is interesting is that they did a second DNA test that is on the uh, mitochondrial Right on to, to pronounce, we watch a lot of Star Wars, okay? Woo-hoo! all you to say going, do want to stop mess it up very the Okay. The Maya is outside of the nucleus. It's the powerhouse, it's the energy supply to the cell You have DNA in the powerhouse, okay? It is mitochondrial DNA. Correct. So, guess what? That DNA does not come half from your mom and half from your dad, it only comes from your mom. Yes. So, then, it is easier to track the path or the migration of your heritage through the mitochondrial DNA. Because it's not mixed with a partner, the genetic abnormalities are fewer. Correct. OK? So we talked about base pairs earlier. I don't know if you remember that. But uh, mitochondrial DNA only has 16,569 base pairs. Correct. But, Nuclear yeah. DNA has over 6 billion pairs. okay? So, the mutations in mitochondrial DNA are easier to track. Yes. The highest number of mutations reported in the human race is only 120. <laughs> Such a limited number of mutations means that, this is a, a bonus thing, means that just a little time has passed for mutations to occur since the first mother Ask her DNA If long times have spanned, like some scientists would say, we should find way more mutations than we do. Overnight. Okay. So, this family was asked to do this genetic test two European parents, two Asian children, right? And they were shocked by what they found. <coughs> there was no more difference. The DNA between the two, um, the DNA between the parents and the children, than there was between the mom and the dad. Correct.
1: Remember, I told you that 999
0: percent of DNA is the same across the globe. Yes. Right. So here's the even cooler thing. So, you go down All mitochondrial DNA. Points back to three mothers. There's a yep. really cool map where you can see the migration of maternal mitochondrial DNA. Um, I'll get it for you if you want to. It. It's, uh, it's interesting. Really, all three mothers kind of start in the Middle East area. And you can see where their genes are traced through Africa, for one. You can see where the genes are traced through Asia, for one. And then the migration into Europe, and then across over the Alaskan area and into the United States. Yeah. I couldn't think of the name of that. Very strange. Anyway. Um, three mothers. Why three mothers?
1: Three wives
0: of Noah's sons. <laughs> Who ultimately worked for one and her name was <laughs> Here's a quote from the article called Tiny Teen Differences, Make Us Who We are, published in February 2018 by Luis Quintana Merci, a scientist from the National Center for Scientific Research. Grant. You can find the article on abc.net.au, and this scientist says, but the genes that explain the phonetic type, the phenotypic differences, phenotypic. like characteristics of hair and things like that, these genes between the populations only represent a tiny part of our genome, confirming once again that the concept of race from a genetic standpoint has been abolished from a secular, non-Christian scientist. And you have no idea how much is in the Bible. God tells Abraham that through him he will bless all nations. Because that was God's plan from the beginning. All people are in despair to be Almighty God. All people were created equal from the beginning. It's only through the fall of through sin that we see inequality. And the fall and sin is what God is here to reconcile and to make right. God had a plan in the beginning. Humanity is living out its time, but there is an end coming where all things will be restored to perfection. That is what God is going for. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and belief in Jesus Christ, we get to live out the kingdom here and now. The kingdom is here but it is not yet fully here. Because we know there's still sin and brokenness and God's going to restore the kingdom with all fullness when he comes. But in the meantime he is looking to his people to represent who God is on this earth. So we are to represent him with how we live, with how we treat one another, with how we advocate for biblical truth. No one then should be little No one should be oppressed. No one should be considered less than any other person because all are valuable to God. Once he died for all, that all might be saved. We share in that common fault of friends. We share in a common hope. And it is important that as Christ's followers, we say no to ungodliness in all forms. And when someone comes up to you and asks, is God pro-slavery? Is God pro-racism? You need to know where in your Bible to look, and you need to know that if your Bible is the authority, then science should back it up. Correct. So instead of an altar call this week, I thought I'd give you a challenge. One, read Genesis 11, read the story, and the power of Babel. It's a good one. But my challenge for you is to look for an opportunity to advocate for unity in the next week. Like take personal responsibility for the propagation of unity. Your God is the father of all people groups, languages, and cultures. So I want us, as a family, to go out of our way to treat someone who doesn't look like you, as if they were your physical brother or your physical sister. And I think it would be great if we could share some testimonies about that next week, because we really didn't, and we didn't just think about it. Because it takes a start of some intentionality. We will see the systemic issues in our culture change if we will live them out in our lives, and then we will go and teach others to live it out in their lives. It's called Transgenerational Discipleship generation after generation learning how to live out the teachings of the ways of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hey, Chiapho is pro-discipleship. We're big on discipleship. So if you are not connected yet to one of our core groups, we want to encourage you to find one. And then from there, you can get plugged into a discipleship relationship. And then you can hash out these things with someone else who's also hashing them out, trying to figure them out. Because iron sharpens iron and we make each other better. We're in this Together, amen. 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 So, guys, here's how we're gonna end the night. Okay? Can you, if you're able, can you stand? And otherwise, can you give me your full attention? You're gathered together because as members of the body of Christ, there's 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 tension, there's injustice, there's frustration, there's confusion happening on our campus. And at least while we're together, let's try and do something about it, okay? So can we can we hold hands? Can you grab hands for somebody that's nearby? <laughs> <laughs> go. Okay, so I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask you to pray too. So this is not going to be quiet, everybody listen to Heather, okay? This is going to be, for the next nope. two or three minutes, let us storm heaven with intercession for this campus, because it is not a physical battle, but it is a spiritual battle, as is racism, as is oppression, and not on our watch, not during our generation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you for the sake of the campus. Lord, we ask that you would saturate our campus with the peace of your presence. God, would you cause these students to rise up full of faith and full of holy experience, be in peace God, where there is no peace. God, we ask the wisdom to be in all the administrators and all the faculty leaders and all the union members. Jesus, give them wisdom on how to navigate this time. We do ask, in the name of Jesus, that the contract will be given. God, whatever it is, would you provide the right contract that would help the students who are baffling at the school who are ordered with help? Please help us to yeah, this is our grow to not yeah, only us as individuals. please help us to unite and help us to act. to help you grab other people into the group that we are. Please help us to break these tensions, break these problems, differences between races, the differences between jobs, the differences between careers, the differences between Oh God, so that then and missionaries to the help of us the break down these boundaries. boundaries, help us to so the focus on what is place important, place, what, place, we share, place, we what we share with our world all. Just help us to remember to focus on the core. Remember to focus on that. Even though you call us to many the past, even though you create us from many different places, we still share a common ground. We still share our work. So we still share our work. God, we pray that tuition dollars not be wasted. God, we pray for the confusion on the students who do to know what to do or where to go. God, we pray for those in our who have pressure on them, embarrassment, and inadequacy. God, give them wisdom. God, we pray that you would silence media outlets, that they would not fall victim to negative press. God, that they would not put weird pressure on people. God, bring your peace. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is there to freedom, and where peace, the Spirit of God, overrides faith in the name of Jesus. As a family and as a body, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Amen.